Uh, dig it into Super Bowl 58. You'll hear it right here on 1620 The Zone with Westwood One's coverage. Also, where you would typically hear the Chiefs broadcast over on 1290 Coil, we will have the Westwood One broadcast for that as well. So you got two options right here on all of our stations to take in all of Super Bowl 58. And you will hear the dulcet tones, the great Kevin Harlan on the call, who's kind enough to join us here on the 42-degree hotline this morning as he is making his way out to Las Vegas. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Good morning. All right, so Super Bowl 58, and I, I, I know you probably get asked this question when it comes to broadcasting these Super Bowls of, does it ever get old? And they always have their unique storylines, and, and there's always something different about the game. What about this particular San Francisco-Kansas City matchup that stands out to you? Well, we know it's a rematch, and that, of course, always uh, brews some nice, interesting side stories, which we've gotten. There are about five players on each team that were a part of Super Bowl 54 down in Miami, which the Chiefs won down by 10 in the fourth quarter and came back to win. So there's always that. Um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, on, on a very broad, if we widen our lens, broad view of, of what this means, if the Chiefs would win, I think it cements them and their dynasty. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are kind of caught in between thinking, is it a dynasty? Well, if you've been four times in five years to the Super Bowl, and if they should win, it would be their third win. Uh, That, to me, equals what Dallas did back in the 90s, what San Francisco did in the 80s, what the Steelers did in in the 70s. It probably wouldn't approach how dominant Green Bay was. The point is, is that it would definitely put them in that category. And I think, you know, in, in terms of historical uh, significance, that would be pretty good. Also, someone passed me, and I was doing a basketball game in L.A. last night, and someone passed me this note that if Mahomes would win uh, in his first seven years as a quarterback, there are only, I think it was like six people in the history of all four major league sports that have won three championships and two MVPs by the time they were like 28 or 29, and it was like Joe DiMaggio and Stan Musial, <laughs> and it was like it was like the who's who yeah. on the uh, you know on the face of the greats of all time sports in any sport. So he, there's a lot there certainly for him, although he's only 28 halfway through his career, so he's got a long way to go and probably probably more Super Bowls to go. Talking with Kevin Harlan, and Kevin, we talked about this last year, and, and yes, obviously, you don't root for anything. You just you want to have a good broadcast and be like, all right, we finished the season on a great note. However, your personal connection to the Chiefs, I imagine you can't help but think during this run of people you knew personally, be it players, coaches, obviously the Hunts, people that meant a lot to you earlier in your career. Oh, my gosh, yes. I mean, Lamar Hunt hired me. Uh, Lamar Hunt, I was face-to-face across the table with him when he hired me when I was 24 to broadcast the games back in 1985. And so the Hunt family is very special, and, and we've gotten to be very good friends with Clark and Tavia and, uh, and their kids, and our kids know theirs. So, I mean, no, it, it, it is, uh, you know, in the Midwest – whether you're in Nebraska or Kansas or Missouri, I mean, I think there's there's a there's a real nice feel about community, certainly, and about um, belonging to families. And and our family will always, in some form or fashion, belong to the Chiefs family. And 
well, it's great to have them, and this will be another Super Bowl that I call with them involved. Um, I, selfishly, I only want just a very good broadcast, and I don't really care who wins. Although at the end of the day, it would be great if, if Andy Reid is, is hoisting another trophy and that team wins another championship, and it would be, it'd be very special, especially for the Midwest. You know, this, this has been such a great story, and I don't think it has any, you know, end in sight right now. And, and I don't think it'll be easy this weekend, but I do think their chances are as good as any. Kevin, the, the thing that I, I just find myself fascinated about with the Kansas City Chiefs story, and even when New England had this going on as well, we talk so much college football here. We saw what you know Alabama and Nick Saban were able to do. And when you look at those, those types of dynasty runs, even in the modern game where everybody is, is out to get you, you, if you win one, you become the gold standard and everyone is, is making it their business to try to figure out how to dethrone you. Yet when you can stay on top – for that long. I mean, is the common denominator, in your opinion, exactly what I brought up? Coaches, you know, mentioned a Saban in the college game, but then you look at an Andy Reid for Kansas City and a Bill Belichick for New England. I mean, is it as simple as that, where it starts with just having those type of elite Hall of Fame type coaches? Well, that's a good point. You know, uh, Saban had great quarterbacks uh, his entire run at, at Alabama, and certainly Brady was with Belichick in New England, and Bradshaw was with Chuck Nolan Pittsburgh, and there was Montana and Young in San Francisco, Aikman in Dallas, and Mahomes in Kansas City. So, I mean, you've got to have the quarterback clearly, but you need the coach, and then you need the culture. And the right culture is certainly what the Chiefs possess right now, and it is very close to what they had in New England for those 20 years. Chiefs are only five, six years into this. Mahomes, every year that he's started, he's been in an AFC championship game, which is just, to me, unfathomable. And here he is in yet another Super Bowl. So, um, you know, you get momentum. And, and when you've got a culture established like that, like the teams I just talked about, you know, it does begin with good, sound drafting and signing kids mm-hmm. off the street and finding those free agents and, and continuing to manage a salary cap, which is incredibly difficult especially when you've got the, you know, the highest-paid player in the league in Mahomes as your quarterback, and to maneuver around all that and still be competitive. And then, you know, just the mental wherewithal, the, the physical wherewithal to, to year after year after year approach a season, get ready for a year, play in the season, and know that you're going to be the biggest game on everybody's schedule. You're going to have the X right. on your back. The target is right there. It becomes difficult, but that's what those things – to me, to maintain is so incredibly impressive and obviously hard to do. Kevin, you've done games with her before, but you're going to call the Super Bowl and work with your daughter. How cool is that? Never mind calling a game, just getting a chance to take in that experience and that day with her. Yeah, we've done, we've done a couple games. We've done about five games together over the last five years. Um, she now lives in London with her husband, who's playing in the EuroLeague, and their little baby boy, our grandson, so... So they're over there, and she had to kind of reinvent herself. She was at ESPN for six years, and uh, clearly that could, if she's over there, she couldn't be doing the college football games on on Saturdays. So when she got over there, she had to kind of reconstruct her career, in addition to being a mom and a, and a, and a wife. So she um, she's now with the, the NFL official outlet over in Europe, which is Sky Sports, which is the equivalent to ESPN here. And she's been in Las Vegas all week and covering, she covered the games in London and, and did the games in Germany for him. And she'll be doing this game on Sunday. And uh, we're very proud of her. I, I think it's hard enough in this business. And you guys can attest to this. Just 
keeping your job, staying above water, being relevant, you know, making sure that you're evolving with the times and, and finding new ways to, to do what you do. And she had to basically reconstruct everything that she had worked so hard for in college and out of school and, and a, and a good job with ESPN to, to make the move personally and, and, and reconstruct everything. So that alone to me is regardless of performance or delivery or anything else, uh, her doing that with that wherewithal and that, that gumption is, is something I admire most. And of course, as one of your kids, it's always so exciting to be with them on a broadcast or certainly in the same venue. And this is the biggest game and on the American sports calendar is, is the Super Bowl, and she's a part of it, which I'm very proud of her for. Voice of the Super Bowl, you'll hear on Westwood One right here on 1620 The Zone. Kevin Harlan joining us. Kevin, I, I, I'm always, and maybe this is sort of the, the, the broadcast geek in me, that you know the, the amount of play-by-play I've done pales in compa- comparison of what you've done and to the level that you've done, but I, I'm always interested in routines and with a weekend like this with so many distractions, I mean, I know there's production meetings and, and you're, you're, you're meeting and inundated with the, the coaches and players uh, to make that part of the broadcast. We know the Super Bowl is such a, a lengthy process from the pregame to the game itself and postgame. What, what, is, what is that 24 hours like for you in preparation and you know, getting to the stadium and, and how that whole day sort of plays out for you? And I could take your questions all day. You got a great voice, man. Holy smoke. <laughs> hey, You've got a million dollar voice. Kevin Harlan just said that. All right. I, I want to put that on the resume right there. Kevin, oh he's, he's going to float Holy home today. You, you, you sound terrific. Um, you know, the, 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 the thing about the thing about the Super Bowl is, is you're getting information from like 18 different sources now and everybody's piling on the compiling things from the mm-hmm. season from the backgrounds of all these players. And it's so much you can get really bogged down i think if you if you get caught in trying to get every note and write down every little thing and at the end of the day it is just a football game and so quite you know honestly that's kind of how i approach it is just make sure that that i'm doing my job and we've got all these other people on our broadcast and all these other people that are covering the game that that can talk about these stories now certainly i'm on top of what the win would mean, what the loss would mean, mm-hmm. how someone's individual performance historically would rank, and all those things. But really, it, my, I'll be judged, I think, as I have the previous 13 Super Bowls on my call and, and, and the biggest moments, and, and that's what I'm really focused on, just kind of the nuts and bolts of, of the play-by-play. Everything else will kind of fall into place, and I read like everybody else does like you guys do, but I'm, I'm more more worried about my my call and making sure that as the game is unfolding live that we give the best presentation of that and make it clear as a bell and in the in the listener's mind you know theater of the imagination is such a big part of radio and it can be so powerful and you've got a captive audience yeah. and so that's a responsibility that I don't take lightly and I love the challenge of trying to find the right words and, and all the things necessary to make what's happening on the field become very vivid in a listener's mind and that that that's the that's the reward if if i can accomplish that in each and every play we talk about pregame routine and right away uh this person popped in my head a, a dear friend of, of both of ours and, and mentor and especially to you earlier in your tom hedrick who called the first super bowl and when you when nick asked the question about pregame routines and, and whatnot right away i could hear tom in my voice saying never drink soda you'll get the belchies but do, 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 you, do you still keep in touch with tom and, and talk to him all these years that's a real thing too it is <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I I, uh, I was at KU with uh, the University of Kansas with Tom, and he took me under his wing and gave me more opportunities than than any student should possibly have at that age. And he's as responsible as anyone for me being in the in the very fortunate position I'm in. But I remember all those things. Yep, I I, I can hear him as as you said. I started laughing because that that's the kind of stuff he would say. You know, all of us I think in the business. Um, in this business in particular, you need someone to kind of take you under your wing, under their wing. You, you need someone to help guide you along and, and, uh, and give you little hints along the way. And I take a lot of questions from college kids, high school kids all over the country. Just last night, there was a journalism class from USC at the Laker game. I broadcast for TNT, and we spent about a half hour after the game talking in the stands about the business and about questions like yours and, and thoughts like yours. And, and it's always fun to, to see them. And, and you've got a captive audience there, too. They're, they're interested in, in, in how to be better. And it's a hard business. It's incredibly subjective. It's not objective. It's subjective in every way and, and difficult. The climb is hard. Uh, but if you have mentors along the way, especially in college and high school, mm-hmm. that can make a world of difference. And it's not just broadcasting. I, I mentioned broadcasting, but it can be in any any you know uh, part of life and any profession that you may pursue. Someone shows interest in you as a kid and, and gives you guidance and gives you a chance and, and shows some opportunity for you. Uh, that stuff is invaluable and it goes a long way. And most people that are successful in whatever profession they're in have probably had that kind of mentor, whether it was a parent or whether it was someone outside the family. Um, that usually proves to be a you know deciding factor in so many things. Uh, for someone. So I, I count Tom Hedrick as, and Tom Hedrick broadcast, by the way, the very first Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, on CBS radio. Uh, he was doing the Chiefs at the time, and I know he did Nebraska. I know he did the Huskers for a while, too, um, but he was doing the Chiefs on radio, and they gave each uh, broadcaster for the Packers and for the Chiefs a chance to decide if they wanted to do the national broadcast or stay with the local broadcast, the regional network broadcast, and Tom selected the national. And so he did super bowl one. And, and, uh, so it's kind of funny how the business comes full circle. And one of his students was walking blessed enough to, to do the super bowls as well. Kevin, you're, you're obviously, you're one of the stewards of, of the product that we see, and it's never been more popular with the NFL. I, I, we just recently had the announcement of a game now being played in Brazil on the opening week. It, it just seems like the, the possibilities are endless when you kind of look at the game as it is progressing, as the NFL and that whole animal has gotten bigger and bigger, where where are you at with it is when it comes to what has made it so popular, but also how the NFL has continued to kind of stay ahead of just about anything when it comes to the challenges that naturally do occur when you have such a, a big a big machine working like the NFL does? Well, you know, that's a good question. The revenue streams in this country are are pretty well defined. And while we may have streaming on the horizon, and that is now uh, very much in vogue and other things, the reality is is that the NFL and NBA, for that matter, and NHL and Major League Baseball, they have all, to a degree, um, pretty much maxed out or certainly have a lay of the land. And the great unknown is overseas. Can they sell this to millions of people in Mexico and in mm-hmm. South America and in Europe? And the NFL and NBA have been very proactive in that regard. The NFL in particular, because there are so few games and every game is big, 
Um, they, they've been very good in terms of, of finding the right locale and the right environment to stage one of their games. And it's great, and I get that, and they're, they're always trying to expand, and that's the only way to expand is to go overseas. At the same time, this is such an American sport. They don't play it in China. They don't play it in Europe until the NFL was over there. Um, they, they don't play it in so many parts of the world, so when people see it, it's probably like us watching cricket or, or yeah. some you know sport that we're not real familiar with. And, and so I, I love the fact they test it. I love the fact that they have the, the challenge in front of them to stretch their legs and reach out and do something internationally. It'll be interesting to see if Sao Paulo works out. It sure sounds yeah. glamorous and sounds unique, but at the end of the day, there's nothing like a 12 o'clock noon game from Arrowhead Stadium uh, with people that are lifelong Chiefs fans. But I can see why the NFL is doing it. I think it's going to continue. It's not going away for sure. It is here to stay, and more games will be played uh, south of the border and certainly across the Atlantic. I would be remiss if I don't bring this up. And, Kevin, we've talked before. I grew up in San Antonio. I'll always be an NBA guy. And last night you were in L.A. to on the same day that they unveiled – a statue for the late yeah. great Kobe Bryant. You called so many of his games over the years. You saw so much. How powerful was it to be in well, what used to be called the Staples Center on a day on a night like that? Well, pretty emotional. You know, they've had so many great players here: Jerry West and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and, and certainly Magic Johnson, and, and and on down the line. And then you get this Kobe Bryant. Shaq was here, you know, certainly playing, and and they've all got statues out in front. And so Kobe's now will be out there and. And, um, but, you know, because he was taken from all sports fans and people in this area at, at such a young age, as, as with movie stars or very famous people who die young, President Kennedy and on and on, you know, you, there's a special place in your heart and certainly in your memory about that person. They'll be forever young, right? And that's kind of how Kobe is left. He, he was a lifelong Laker. He uh, raised his family here. His wife was there yesterday. He lost a daughter in that helicopter accident a couple years ago. Uh, so it, it, it really, I mean, if you did a movie like this, it would bring tears to your eyes, and certainly the story does. And at the same time, you see, you know, the, the city and the area and the entire NBA family celebrate what was an incredible career for a person that um, really was about as close to Michael Jordan as we're going to get. You know, there's always the big thing about, LeBron James is a current Laker, but I don't know that he'll ever be held in the kind of place that Kobe is or Magic was. Those were lifelong Lakers, began as rookies and stayed here their entire career. LeBron has jumped around, and he's great, and maybe the greatest player of all time. But Kobe was acrobatic. Kobe was a, was a flying circus. And, and to watch him, and I did call every season he played in the NBA, was a real thrill, but even more of an honor to call someone like that. I, I, I called Michael Jordan from his rookie year on as well. And if I had to rank him, I'd go Jordan and Kobe 1-2 and then LeBron. And LeBron, at the end of the day, is going to have the great statistics and everything else. But there's nothing like doing a, a Kobe Bryant game or a Michael Jordan game. And, and, uh, and those are the greatest memories I have in my, in my mind in, in, in calling you know, 37 years of NBA basketball. Uh, Kevin, before we let you go, I don't know if you've had a chance to get the schedule yet, but uh, I know we'll hear you on March Madness. We know Omaha is uh, one of the destinations. Of course, Kevin Kugler, who lives oh, in I Omaha as well. I get there, man. I, I we want to uh, see you here. I love going to Omaha, and I don't get up there very much. And the last time I was there was when the tournament was up there. Uh, uh, the, 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 not the last time, but the time before that. 
So I, I would, and I can drive too, which I really like. So yeah. I, I, that, that, that is on my list, believe me. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we'd love to see you when we get here. Um, what are you, I guess, before we let you get out of here, what are you looking for on Sunday? Uh, we have no idea how this is going to go. I, 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 the one prediction I did say, and I do really believe this, that on Monday morning we will say that was a really, really good football game. I do think that's what's going to happen. I, I agree, and I do have another interview i got to do here before I get on the flight. But, no, I, I think it's going to be an incredible game, and they're so evenly matched. And every time you say, but the Chiefs can do this better or the Niners can do that better, what happens is is you, you find out there's a counter by the other team. So, yeah, there, there is no doubt that this is going to be, I think, incre- I think it's going to be filled with emotion. It's not going to be like the 70s and 80s where we saw some of these lopsided games. These recent games in the Super Bowl have been just an edge-of-your-seat, white-knuckle games, and I expect that in Vegas on Sunday. Kevin Harlan, voice of the Super Bowl on Westwood One. You'll hear it right here on 1620 The Zone. Kevin, really appreciate you spending time with us. Have a great call on Sunday. My privilege. Thank you, guys. Always a lot of fun. Take care, and I do hope I see you March Madness up in Omaha. That would be great. Great stuff there from Kevin Harlan. and uh, See yeah. if we can... Uh asked to make that happen yeah i mean you know you got another great omaha representative in kevin kugler well, i have too. them both here then. so yeah you know he's you know, one uh, can do the first session the other does the, the I other i probably games. can't speak for kugler for all we know is like no I, like gary said about the tournament yeah, maybe, like maybe, i want to go maybe see go, somewhere yeah, else that's, that's true then again the other side is well no i like sleeping in my own bed and well i'm not gonna tell, i'm not gonna tell westwood one how to spend their money too when it comes to uh well do you want to pay a guy to be able to fly elsewhere or do you want to keep them here locally so you know but spoken like a true radio person you who would can't be told go that. wrong with either kevin that's yeah. that's for sure but uh kevin harland one of the absolute grace great voices especially when it comes to big championship moments if you're at a Chiefs the professional fan, level you've had as your radio voice and gary and i've talked about this off the air for 40 years over 40 years you had wayne larrabee mm-hmm. who's fantastic yep. to me will always still be the voice of the bears even though he's been with right. the packers almost 25 years yeah and then kevin and mm-hmm. then mitch holtis for the last almost yep. 30 yep it's pretty darn good it's been a good run there uh, when we come back, we still got uh, some time to talk with Matt Verzal. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what he's what he's doing with the uh, the Super Bowl too, and also maybe some of the the takeaways from here and Matt Rule speak as well. But uh, also some college basketball and some final thoughts on the Super Bowl as we wrap things up. If hour number four, it's mornings with Sharp and Hanley and Jimmy here on sixteen twenty the zone.